0: The Reality Is is now on Patreon, and here are some of our fabulous supporters. Chastity Davis. Don't be fooled by my name. The only thing I abstain from is your bullshit. Jessica Riley. Where I come from, money can buy you anything, but I'll take the garbage plate. Seiran Hayati. In Sweden, we have ABBA, IKEA, and if you mess with me, some other four-letter words. Kelly Pafer I may be from Down Under, but don't ever underestimate me. Richie D. If you can't be cool, you can't be with Caduce. Megan Shaw. I may be a mom. But I'll never be your model minority Becca Simon It gets icy where I'm from So you know I'll bring the heat Jill Hirsch Your petty drama can't take this warrior down Jamie Allrunner Where I come from, we're known for our great lakes, But I'm just known for my great ass Sarah Gibbs. You may not like the cut of my jib, but that's what you get from Sarah Gibbs. Maria M. Where I'm from, they sing God Save the Queen. So I guess you can call me a god, Jill Walsh. I made it up this hill myself, and I'll kick any jack off. Jesse Willis. I may not run in traffic, but I'll give you a run for your money. Eleanor Manning. I run with a fabulous circle of people, and you're not even on my payroll. John Friedman. Diamonds aren't a girl's best friend. John Friedman is Sarah Watskins Billstein. Playtime is over. This mama means business. Laura Zelinsky. Whether it's breast pumping or fist pumping, this Jersey girl brings the party. Amanda Agosti. Everything is bigger in Texas and my heart is no exception. Tracy Masters. When you're the master of your own destiny, no one can ever take you down. Marl Farsi. Reading is fundamental and in Farsi, the reads are monumental. Tracy Newman. My presence is a gift, so remember the thank you note. Lola Del Rio. Whatever Lola wants, Lola gets and I get it all. Adedocum. In it may look like I'm stirring the pot, but I'm actually just smoking it. Deepa Kanapoli. Some people say I have secrets, but at least they're not federal indictments. Jada. People are intimidated by my great success and my great ass. Naveen Jonathan. I'll give you the shirt off my back and also my unsolicited opinion. Ideal Ibrahim. Some things are too hot to handle, like me and the tea I spill. Trinity Supermania. I have four degrees and eight syllables and zero fucks to give. Beth Bayer. The secret to my success is staying out of yours. Via Shannon Anthony. There's no fun in moderation, but there's plenty of shame. Rita Ryan. Don't be fooled by my Midwest charm, because I'm nobody's fool. Brianna Tony. Some people strive for perfection, but I'm already there. And lastly, Tanisha. While others are turning tables, I'm dancing on them. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? Welcome back to another episode of The Reality Is. It's me, Noor. Um, As mentioned on the episode I released, um, just before this one, I will be covering my thoughts on the New Jersey Reunion Part 2 and the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I don't know why I said it that way. And the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills premiere. Um, I didn't get a chance to watch until recently. TBH. Okay, because I was traveling. Um, but God damn, New Jersey, oh, it's so good and so maddening at the same time. <sighs> this is all coming on the heels of apparently Joe and Melissa. But Melissa has a podcast. Not everyone needs a podcast as a podcaster. I say this, um, apparently Melissa has a podcast called Melissa on display. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's comedy, mama. Okay. And apparently on the podcast, they were talking about how if it wasn't for them holding the show together while Teresa was in jail, that there may not have been a roof over her head. And if it wasn't for them holding the show together, that she wouldn't have been able to do that, you know, Teresa from prison special, whatever that was. Um, that one on one with Andy and if it wasn't for them that there wouldn't be a show she wouldn't be able to pay her bills or have a roof over her head I mean goodness to read that today and then watch the New Jersey reunion part two it's like you know Gorga's you guys are the worst um, anyway reunion part two starts with the Gorga siblings obviously going back and forth the Joe Gorga quitting because god forbid he's told he's acting like a woman, for being involved in women's woman's business. Now, I will say, yes, he was called a bitch boy, which is not very nice. But he quits because he does not want to be told that he's getting involved in housewives drama. But he is. But at the same time, it's important, too, because he's a critical part of the show, right? The show is very much about the Gorgas, um, the Gorga siblings, I should say. Not really, but Melissa Gor- Gorga. Nobody cares about her. Anyway... All this is happening. He's quitting. He's having dramatics. Teresa goes in the back to talk to Joe, and he tells her, Listen, if Louis goes out there and defends you, then he's a bitch too. And she's like, No, it's not the same. And he has to go back there to handle all this scandal. And this is what cracks me up about Teresa's logic Teresa says that Joe defending his wife makes him a bitch boy. Because he's getting involved in women's business. But if he defended his sister against Margaret, no bitch boy. Okay? So, again, defend wife, bitch boy. Defend sister, no bitch boy. Okay? Put it on a poster. Hang it up in your laundry room. Okay? um, It's weird because I am shook. I am flabbergasted. I am stumped. Um, that I am agreeing with Joe Gorka okay he's absolutely right that Louis should be going out there and talking about it because if it wasn't for Margaret bringing it up Andy would have brought it up he said look I gave Louis very straight up advice I said this stuff is coming out you need to talk about it and for some reason, when Joe tells Louis to talk about it, it's okay. But when Margaret tells Joe, Joe to talk about, or sorry, when Margaret tells Louis to talk about it, Teresa doesn't like that. I mean, it's not for some reason. it's because Teresa's a, an idiot. Anyway, the siblings make up very begrudgingly, and while the Gorgas are doing their thing in the back, Jackie and Jen have kind of a nice moment that makes me feel like maybe there's a chance that Jen and Jackie could be friends. It's really interesting the way that Marge and Jackie and even Melissa a little bit will change the way they even talk to Jennifer when Teresa is not around. They're like, look, when Teresa's not here, we're going to be nice to you. It's like a weird move. And I don't know, it's a strange move. I don't know how I feel about it, but I do think that it's a possibility that they could be friends because Jen is never she she's never so loyal to Teresa that she doesn't call out Teresa for the things that she says or she she blindly agrees. She says it. She said Teresa wants to. I do think that, you know, uh, that it was already out there. It was already information that was out there, all this stuff. Right. Um, But anyway, Teresa comes back to the stage and they go on to a Dolores segment. We found out that her mom is doing much better. We find out that apparently David and Frank are living... We've talked an awful lot about David for a man who's barely even been on the show. I don't want to hear about him anymore. I'll be honest. I don't care. Then we move on to Dolores' new boyfriend, Polly. And, ugh. Okay, guys. Allegedly, word on the street is that... um. Polly makes Louie look like a decent human being. This is what I've heard, okay? This is what I've heard from the people of North Jersey, but this is the tea, okay? And something about the way Dolores is reacting to the questions about Polly I don't know. It just felt really fake to me, you guys. I don't know. I don't know. It just felt so fake. It felt like the way she was like, oh, guys, no. <laughs> Andy, no. Oh, God, stop. No, I can't. Like, I don't know. Something about it felt really phony to me. And then he got on a fa- FaceTime, too. It's just, it was strange. I didn't love it. I didn't, I didn't care for it. They get into a kid's segment, and immediately, obviously, um, Jen takes a moment to say kids are resilient. Remember, Margaret, they can go to therapy. Um, <laughs> and Margaret tries to defend that, but not really. I mean, she says, yes, I recognize that it came off insensitive. She never says she's sorry. She always says, I recognize it came off really insensitive. Right. Um, so Gia's concerns about Louie are brought up, and again, Teresa blames Margaret. Teresa becomes the Incredible Hulk every time she looks at Margaret. It's really insane. But this leads to one of the most bizarre moments on Jersey Reunion since, I'd say, um, I don't know, when she talked about her Christmas tree dress, I think. Or maybe it was Caroline that talked about Teresa's Christmas tree dress. Or Teresa when she fat shamed Caroline and said blubber, blubber, and blubber. I mean... It could have been any of those, but it was really giving me classic unhinged Teresa. She stands up. She spins around. She says, mirror, mirror on the wall. Who's the dumbest of them all? It's me. It's Teresa. Teresa, finally, it seems like a light bulb goes off in her head, and she repeats exactly what everyone has been saying to her all season, which is, all this stuff is coming out about Louis because he is dating a famous person. That's literally what everybody has been telling her. So she gets up and she says, This is all happening because he's dating Teresa Judice. Teresa Judice. And maybe if he was dating Margaret, this wouldn't happen to him. S- to kind of say, I guess, that she's so amazing that people are coming out of the woodwork to talk poorly about her boyfriend. Right. That's the point, Teresa. We want to know what's going on with your boyfriend. Who is very who is dating a famous person, and of course she doesn't quite get it because it's Teresa. She is the dumbest of them all. They have this sex segment where they like talk about Melissa once trying to finger bang Dolores, and then they go to like Jackie, and it's the biz- most bizarre transition I have ever seen. It goes from asking Jackie about sucking dick and drinking drinking out of the ice luge. To her eating disorder. It was <laughs> the strangest transition ever. I have to say, again, I've talked previously about my food issues, and I am very proud of um, the fact that Jackie is on here talking about her eating disorder because it's really difficult to. Um, she, you know, she's gained weight, she says she's eating normally, she doesn't measure, but she does have to get control on the calorie counting. As somebody who calorie counted for most of their adult, all of their adult life, is very difficult to stop your brain from calorie counting. It's very, it's really, really hard. It is. So props to her for not using, using measuring spoons, but it only, um, it's very hard to turn your brain, brain off from calorie counting. Um, But I'm, I'm proud of Jackie for doing that work. I do think that we as a, sh- like as a show, they do need to talk about the fact that on one hand, you have Jackie who's struggling with an eating disorder. And then on the other hand, you also have these women who are on television, you know, boasting about the plastic surgeries that they're getting. I mean, I've said it before uh, Dolores, that is not her first butt job or her first tummy talk, you know? Like these people are constantly changing their body to look slimmer and better and tighter. And I'm sure, that's not an eating disorder. But it's definitely disordered, right? The body dysmorphia stuff is very, very real. So I think that it's almost like, un I wouldn't say it's unfair. its It feels incomplete to be talking about Jackie's eating disorder while ignoring the fact that we've been celebrating all of these women's, um, you know, all of these women's body changes um, through the knife. I mean, Andy loves to talk about it, you know? But anyway, they they moved this conversation into the fat shaming. And they said no one should fat shame Margaret, obviously. But Jen calls out both Margaret and Jackie for fat shaming. Now, she does call out Jackie for saying that, uh, tweeting something about, you know, if you didn't, if you watched what you ate, you wouldn't need a liposuction all the time or every other month or something like that. And Jackie doesn't really address it, guys. She just says it's like retaliation Marge says that the thing about calling uh, Jenna Lightweight because she couldn't pick her up was a joke. I mean, anytime Margaret is called out for anything she says, she says it's a joke. It's a joke, get it? Ha ha. It's always a joke, right? It's always a joke. It's always in retaliation. But they don't actually own anything. Like Jackie doesn't actually talk about why she tweeted that or apologize to Jennifer for tweeting that, you know? But immediately it moves on to Margaret being insulted and it goes back and forth between Margaret and Teresa and they do that bizarre, you, no, you, you did it. You did it first. You did it first. And it's just, it was maddening. I hated it. It, it, It left me speechless. I didn't understand what the hell I was watching. And I mean, anything that Margaret says, Teresa just has to jump on and it's, super annoying and so unhinged and it's so bizarre to watch her like become an animal like that and then suddenly draw back and just kind of be normal it's so strange they talk about jennifer's plastic surgery and they talk about you know is is that bad for body positivity that you're getting all this plastic surgery and blah 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 and it's like again we're kind of talking about these things in a vacuum right Yes, Jennifer got work done. And yes, she has daughters. Does that affect her daughter's view of being body positive? I'm sure. But Margaret also got a facelift. She also got a body job. I mean, Dolores, again, got lots of work done. It it, it just, it feels like it's insane to be asking Jennifer about it because, like she said, it's not excessive. She has a million kids. She's breastfed all of them. <laughs> I feel like every year we find out there's another child. Okay, there's too many children. Bless them. There's plenty of children. I shouldn't say too many. There's the perfect amount of children for Jennifer and Bill. But there's a lot of them. And it seems like it's bizarre to be asking Jennifer if that's excessive on a show where Melissa Gorga is sitting. Melissa Gorga, who has a brand new face, we've never talked about it. Teresa's face looks completely different. We've never talked about it. It just seems insane to be asking Jennifer about it when even Dolores' family was like, hey, stop getting plastic surgery done because it's unsafe for you. You know what I mean? How many more BBLs are you going to get, Dolores? Anyway, they move on to the bill rumors, and it's essentially Jen versus Margaret. And Jen says that When they talked about it, Bill, there's not much for Bill to say. He doesn't have a lot to say, mostly because he is embarrassed, because he knows that this is embarrassing. And I like what she said. She said, when Bill did what he did, she was mad and she forgave him. And when Margaret did what she did, she was mad and she forgave her. But then Margaret says this thing about, like, well, people told her when she was, when Jen was joining the show, People told Margaret about Bill's affair. That is common knowledge lots of people knew. And Jennifer says she didn't know that people knew. Do I believe Jennifer? I do. I don't – I wouldn't be surprised if this is just something that she thought that people didn't talk about or if she – if they did, she purposely ignored. There's a lot of people I know who are in marriages like this where it's kind of common knowledge to talk about their spouses a certain way, but the – person in the relationship might not actually ever talk to anybody about it, you know? Andy asks Jennifer, why come on the show if you have something to hide? And I really like Jennifer's answer. She says she wanted to be on the show. It was something she wanted for herself and she wasn't going to pass up on the opportunity because of something her husband did, which I think is actually really honest and really smart. Like it's a really great point. Why should Jennifer have to give up this Opportunity to be a real housewife, which is something she really wanted, because her husband once had an affair, and she doesn't want that to come out. And to be honest, even when the affair does come out at the party, Jennifer isn't necessarily mad about the about even the way that it's brought up. You know, she owns it, and she says, "You're if you're gonna," she said at the reunion, "If you." are going to say something about me, then come correct. So I feel like Jen is like pretty, it's it's complicated because to some degree, right? She is honest about the stuff when it comes out, but she still, she is still, I think I said this before, she has every right to still be upset about it coming out, even if she is honest about it once it does come out, you know? Um, she talks a little bit of how her kids handled it, and then we get into This Melissa versus Jen and the crooked comment and being fake. And Jen pulls up her Kinko's poster boards. And it's interesting that when Jennifer has a legitimate reason or a legitimate string of logical explanation for something, Melissa says, oh, it's the name of the game. It's called the social media war. You're supposed to do this, right? Now, this is where Jen loses us, which is where she tries to make herself a bigger victim by saying, I had gotten surgery and I was in pain and I woke up to these horrible posts about me and everybody ganging up and saying, yeah, light haters hate or whatever. And Melissa says, oh, well, I was just posting that because I had been watching the reunion. And so that's why I posted that. I think Jennifer has a point. She only called them crooked at the very end because they all ganged up on her, which is true. But in Melissa's mind, this is all just the name of the game. You want to be a housewife so bad, this is part of it. Melissa does have a point to say, you can't make us feel bad for your elective surgery, which is, you know, where Jennifer goes wrong. But Jennifer is playing the same game that Melissa is trying to play, you know, Melissa, you want to be a housewife so bad? Then deal with it. Deal with your husband being called a little bitch boy. Deal with him being called crooked. Deal with yourself being called fake. Deal with the fact that your sister-in-law probably doesn't like you anymore because all you care about is this television show. That's the name of the game. You want to be a housewife so bad? Then deal with it. Margaret and Jen, this goes into just um, the, the whole situation with Bill. This continues on about, you know, why, Margaret, did you make comments about Jennifer's family in the past? Those are pretty insensitive, and we get clips about mail-order bride and concubine and all that. Margaret has the balls to say this was a joke, okay? She says it was a joke, and Jennifer says that was very insensitive to my family. And Melissa's like, oh, why should we be sensitive to concubine and male-order bride, but not about Jennifer calling Margaret a slut, a whore, all these things. And then she shouts, am I the only one that's making any sense? Melissa, no, you're not. Because um, if you were a person with sense, you would know that concubine is essentially another word for a mistress, a woman on the side, or a whore. So yeah, we can be sensitive about Concubine, just like we should be sensitive about. Slut and whore, you idiot. Um, Margaret says that Jennifer blames the woman every time. This is Margaret's issue with Jennifer, and this is really where Margaret gets into her white feminist bullshit. Okay, she is standing up for the woman who slept with the married man. And Jennifer's like, I didn't blame the girl. I blamed both of them. I blamed my husband and this woman, and Margaret brings out this thing about how jennifer wrote to this girl's employer to get her fired and jennifer laughs and says yeah i do it again and melissa agrees and like you know is a, is a woman who gets cheated on allowed to be mad and retaliate against the woman who her husband slept with i think so i mean I don't know what the conversation was, right, between Jennifer and Melissa and, and Bill, but Jennifer makes a great point to say, look, I'm allowed to forgive my husband. The likelihood of me wanting to forgive my husband is a lot higher than me wanting to forgive forgive the woman who slept with my husband. It's okay to p- make that choice for the sake of your family. Maybe it's not a choice that you would make, like Teresa says it's not a choice that she would make, but it's a choice that Jennifer makes for her family, and even Melissa agrees. But like Margaret, you know, thinking that it's okay for her to call somebody's marriage, um, you know, and uh, t- poke fun about arranged marriages, or call Jennifer's sister-in-law a mail-order bride, or to call Jennifer a concubine is fine because it's funny and it's a joke. But the woman who ch- cheats, who cheats with, or a woman who sleeps with a married man, and a woman who cheats should be protected. All of it just, it's views from her very white feminist lens. You know, in, in Margaret's world, where she comes from, it, it's normal for her. And, and this is, I guess this is like, I think what Jennifer feels is it, it's, it's not taboo for her. It's normal for her to talk about affairs and cheating and infidelity. It's normal for her. And and it's something that she thinks shouldn't be hidden because it's a way that you, I guess, in Margaret's mind, it's how she found the love of her life, right? I think there's no doubt that Margaret and Joe be, have a, a great marriage as even if it's one I wouldn't want to be in. But it looks like they're good together. But Margaret can't understand why somebody would want to be in an arranged marriage. Margaret doesn't understand jennifer's culture she doesn't understand and she's never understood it and then she tries to tell jennifer you know we could have been friends we could have bonded about the cheating and jennifer's like we were never friends why would jennifer want to be friends with margaret when she margaret has looked down on jennifer's culture this whole time she's looked down in her marriage she's looked down in the arrangement she's looked down on the brother's marriage why would jennifer want to be her friend You know, why would Jennifer say like, oh, I'm projecting because my husband also cheated on me to the person who brags about cheating? Why would she ever do that? Especially when she said before, this isn't really something that she wanted to bring up on camera. Bill initially wanted to deny that it even happened. And I think watching this, I think to myself, I'm the only one with sense because this is ridiculous. Anyway, it ends with Margaret yelling about Jennifer saying nasty things on the after show. They cut to it, and it's not new information. Jennifer didn't say anything new in the after show that that she hasn't said on the regular show. So I don't quite understand why Margaret is reeling. But I think that some of it is the fact that deep down inside, Margaret knows that she's being called out on shit that she also does to Jennifer. I think it's the moment where that Jennifer had this season, right? Where... She finally had to come to terms with the fact that she's also done some shitty things. And maybe it's time for her to own the shitty things that she did. Margaret is not owning any of the shitty things that she did. Margaret and Melissa are both like, oh, well, it just happened. It's just information. Everybody knows. It's a joke. We're just playing a game. And I think that's kind of fucked up. Like, either own it completely or just shut up and sit down. I don't know. Either own the fact that you have no regrets and that you are actively trying to hurt someone or be a decent human being and say sorry. And for what it's worth, Jennifer drives me crazy, but I'll give her credit for always apologizing and I'll give her credit for owning her shit. She knows that she's being shady, but again, she's playing the game because she really, really wants to be a real housewife and she's good at it. Okay, let's talk about The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills premiere. Okay, guys, 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 guys. As soon as this started, the episode started, we saw um, Kyle talking about her daughter, her daughter, uh, Portia. And I realized, you guys, Melissa stole Kyle's storyline from last season. Melissa Gorga stole Kyle Richards' storyline about her daughter. okay. That's what she did. Because Kyle last season was like, my daughter is depressed. She won't get out of bed. I don't know what to do. I feel so disconnected. I'm going to throw her a party. And Melissa did the same thing this season. And neither parties were shown on the show. (laughs) Um... The first big drama is this Rinna Sutton watch what happens Elton John thing. Guys, I don't understand it. I don't understand why we're even talking about it. I thought this got squashed like forever ago. I don't understand why this is the thing that Rinna is talking about. We saw like on social media, her older daughter, is it Amelia? The other one. I don't know. The older daughter, not the one who Scott Disick is with. Um, I don't remember her name. But one of the children was, like, on social media talking about how their mom is, like, crazy and that they they felt like they were controlled by their parents and they couldn't, like, even take Medicaid. It was, like, a really bad, dark thing where she talked very poorly about Rinna. And we're not going to talk about that. But we're going to talk about Elton John and watch what happens live, huh? Like, Rinna's all, like... Oh, you are not going to slam me on national television. Girl, didn't we get over this in the reunion? I don't understand. I don't understand. Ah, <sighs> Erica. Erica is lying through her teeth this entire season. I mean, this premiere. Okay. From who she fucks and when she fucks them to what's happening with her legal situation. She doesn't know what she's talking about. Okay. Yes. Erica, yes, you are not being charged with a crime. That doesn't mean that you didn't commit uh, I guess it's not a crime, but a massive offense that impacted orphans and widows, bitch. Yeah, you didn't commit a crime, but you still took their money, okay? And yes, we do our research. We all listen to the Bravo docket, okay? I will say this. I don't think Erica needs to apologize to Sutton, okay? Sutton and Erica are not going to be friends. And there's actually something really... Uh, there's like a classic feud between Sutton and Erica that I think is really fun, which is that they're both like Southern girls. And I think that I think Ben and Watch What Happens Watch What Crappins has pointed this out that like Sutton probably triggers Erica to all the fancy rich ladies that she grew up wanting to be or feeling judged by, right? And Sutton has actually achieve that level the status of a snotty rich lady your your patricia actuals or whatever um and erica never became that right erica was just an old man's young wife you know so i think that there's like something that is inherently amusing about that relationship and that dynamic but i don't think they need to be friends i think i think sutton dragging erica for her dating qualifications is hilarious sutton's an asshole but when she's an asshole to Erica, I love it. It's kind of like how I know Rinna's an asshole. But when Rinna used to be an asshole to LVP, I loved it. Because LVP's an asshole too. Um, there was some shit that happened on social media about this where now Lisa Rinna is fighting Erica's battles. And so she's talking about how Sutton's ex-husband, you know, Sutton is a gold digger and she would know because she's a gold digger and whatever, whatever. And, um, and Sutton says, you know, you know that I've known my, hus- my ex-husband since I was a child. And I think Sutton's talked about this before. She and her husband, her ex-husband, made money together. This is why er- Sutton has so much money. This is why Sutton is so rich. Is because they made money together. She wasn't just a gold digger, you idiot. Is she an asshole, though, Sutton? Yes, like I said, she's an asshole. Um, the big, obviously, the big thing that happened this episode was Dorit's break-in. And ooh, we. Speaking of assholes, Sutton's an asshole when it comes to Dorit. I, I don't have words for Sutton's reaction to that whole thing. The fact that <laughs> Kyle is sobbing and Sutton, and she's like, it's terrifying. Sutton says, yeah, it's so weird. <laughs> what do you mean it's weird, Sutton? What do you mean? Oh, I'm sorry. I wasn't held up on gunpoint. Yeah, what? She says this, "I, uh, God, it was good. It was good. It was like, it's like always an example. My favorite thing about complicated characters on television are people who are right and wrong at the same time. Sutton is right to not feel bad for Erica. Sutton is right to say, don't feel bad for Erica, Kyle, because she went home and maybe cried. Worry about the victims, Right. But Sutton's also an asshole for being so blasé about Dorit's break-in. I mean, come on, Sutton. Come on. But Dorit has this horrible thing happen to her. Her house is burglarized. It's very scary. The women get together at Kyle's in support of Dorit. Everybody but Sutton. Hey, guys, where's Kathy? Where's Kathy Hilton? I I didn't even notice if she was in the do we get taglines I honestly don't remember where's Kathy anyway um the women are all together except for Sutton to support Dorit um it's very sad I genuinely felt very bad for Dorit the whole time okay I felt very bad for her but you guys I don't want to be that person okay I don't but the robbers who are about to murder her leaving behind the phone that's weird that's weird how are we not how are we not going to talk about how weird that is isn't that weird and why was the phone flashing in the footage i don't know i don't want <laughs> i want to be that guy okay i just i don't know how to turn that side of my brain off okay I I genuinely felt sad for her when PK shows up. They're like crying. It's very sad. I didn't quite understand PK's phone getting lost at the end (laughs) and Dorit having a meltdown over it. I thought that was a weird ending. It was very strange, but I genuinely felt bad for them. I thought it was really weird the way Erica was smirking when PK came in and was hugging Dorit and crying there was just a weird, you know, here's the thing with Beverly Hills. I cannot tell if these people have had so much plastic surgery and so much Botox that this is just how their faces move and their faces move in a way that is not natural to normal schmucks like me and you. Okay. I don't know. So sometimes that's hard to tell. And other times I'm like, some of you are soap stars and the overacting Lisa Rinna is through the roof. Okay. But like, Some of it makes me feel weird. It's set up in a weird way. The fact that they all get together at Kyle's house and Maurizio comes in and apologizes to um, Erica about laughing about uh, the foot surgery and all that. I was just like, what am I watching? What is this? What is this? Why are we waiting to make up with each other when the cameras are filming? It just feels so... Disingenuine. And I'm not going to lie, putting Beverly Hills on was a chore for me. I just, here's the thing that drives me crazy about the show. There is every reason, there's every reason for these people to pick the right side. They never do. And it drives me insane. It drives me crazy. There's no reason for these people to continue siding with the people that they side with. And And they just, they do it. Like, it's just, it's so bad. It's so annoying. It's just super frustrating. Like, we saw the stuff that happened with, like, Garcelle and her book and Erica. And then Teddy's getting involved and watch what happens. It's just, like, so annoying. So much of Beverly Hills relies on how the women are covered in media. And and I get that that's all part of their brand because it's Beverly Hills and Hollywood and blah, 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 and all that stuff. But it's very annoying. It's very, very annoying that you need almost, like, a... Um, like a companion, a companion guide, watching Beverly Hills. You need to stay up on the social media. It's very exhausting. But like even this thing with Dorit's break-in, you go on Twitter and everybody has a theory about what happened. And there's, it's just so strange. The vibe is so odd. I, I really, God, if, if down the line we find out that she lied about it, that would be absolutely disgusting. But I'm going to go ahead and err on the side of I feel genuinely bad for this woman who had a near-death experience. I do. I feel genuinely awful awful for her. And I feel very scared for her because she has small children and I have small children. It's very scary. But I'm not going to say that my eyebrows weren't raised, okay? The eyebrows went up. Some of that behavior was strange. Again, I don't understand it. None of these people are genuinely, like, relatable either. So I think sometimes that is what takes me out, but... It was just such a bizarre ending <laughs> with the earbuds and the phone that couldn't be found and her crying on the bench. I said, what am I watching? What is this? Huh? Anyway, so that's it. Those are my thoughts on Beverly Hills in New Jersey. Um, Next episode will be the next episode. <laughs> the, what am I saying? Next episode will be this week's New Jersey and this week's uh, Beverly Hills. So the the second episode of Beverly Hills New Season and the final episode of the New Jersey Reunion, I think, I hope. God, I hope that's the final one. We'll find out why Dolores called uh, Jennifer a cunt, and uh, I can't wait. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you next time. Bye.